Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Radu Palamariu, Global Logistics and Supply Chain Practice Head for Morgan Phillips. My job is to connect you with global experts, thought leaders, and executives in all things supply chain. I will do my best to pick their brains on supply chain and logistics leading-edge technologies, leadership stories, and personal success habits. It is my pleasure to have with us today Roxanne Deshmish. She is the head of supply chain for Asia Pacific at Infineon. Roxanne is a senior executive and global leader with 15 years experience in high-tech industries and she's a passionate promoter and driver of Industry 4.0 initiatives as well as a gender diversity leadership influencer. Stay tuned as we cover key topics in global production network, in supply chain 4.0, in global supply chain and real-time visibility, as well as we talk about how does an engineer lead a global supply chain practice. Without further ado, here is episode 4. Roxanne, welcome and it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Radu, for having me here today. I guess with all the lined up questions, we will have a quite engaging conversation. Thank you. Indeed. I look forward to it. Um, so, uh, as usually, we, f- we follow more or less the same, uh, the same uh, patterns in our podcast. So, we'll start with questions re- related to the industry, um, supply chain 4.0, latest trends, technologies, interesting case studies at, at Infineon. We'll move into talent, uh, skill sets, career development questions, and we'll finish with a couple of uh, personal sharing you might have for our audience. So, uh, let's start. Um, maybe uh, if you can just briefly introduce yourself, Roxanne, a little bit further and, and tell our audience uh, who you are and, and what you've done. So, um, I've been in Asia for about more than 10 years and somehow it's the same as my career in supply chain. Uh, originally, I have a technical background, so I'm an engineer. I started my career as a product engineer. All along in the high-tech industry, uh, took on some more management responsibility, uh, moved to China before moving to Singapore. Um, maybe I first give a short introduction about Infineon in case uh, people do not know us, which is very often. Uh, since we uh, act in the B2C, um, uh, B2B business, um, so we have we are um, high tech company in the semiconductor industry. Uh, we offer product and system which makes your life easier, safer, and greener. Um, If you have to remember something from today, uh, maybe you should recall that your life is very miserable without our solution. Uh, Let me illustrate with a couple of examples. So uh, no Facebook without semiconductor because no server with enough power to store and transact all your information. Uh, No mobile phone, uh, no tap pay when you enter the MRT. And of course, uh, the most important, no smart car uh, to protect your life when you are on the road. So very embedded in uh, daily life. Uh, We are a German company headquartered in Munich, uh, around about 6.5 billion euro. 
Uh, Singapore is the home of our second largest uh, supply chain footprint, uh, which is uh, exactly my organization. Uh, in Singapore, we have our global logistic hub uh, for the region uh, and other couple of functions. So we have uh, manufacturing uh, here, looking at the global test uh, competence. Uh, we have a design center as well, and we somehow cover about less than half of Infineon global revenue. Uh, we have different divisions, uh, like you could capture from uh, server to automotive, and this means uh, different business model. So uh, automotive being more long-term forecasting, uh, long product life cycle, uh, whereas uh, some of our security division, uh, it's a lot of uh, bidding business, uh, which in indirectly brings a lot of different challenge from the supply chain perspective uh, since we cannot handle it exactly in the same way. And in terms of product category, we have uh, commodity product, which is a small portion of our portfolio, a huge portion which is more application specific and a smaller portion in terms of commodity. Uh, so this is a bit uh, to set the scene uh, in terms of supply chain. So uh, in Singapore and in the region, uh, I have around about 300 people uh, in six different countries. Uh, either closer to our customer or closer to our manufacturing sites. Uh, we have a good blend of regional responsibility uh, and global responsibility. So typically, if I illustrate, global responsibility would be on uh, supply planning, uh, since it's not regional specific. Uh, more regional responsibility would be exactly in the customer uh, interaction. Um, we, on top of this, um, in supply, infinite supply chain, we have the exotic things of uh, hosting, manufacturing IT. Wow. Okay. Um, which is pretty unique. So we don't yeah. have purchasing, uh, but we have manufacturing IT. Uh, and this gives us quite a lot of opportunity uh, to maybe guide a better plan to make uh, integration. Uh, and that's why when we talk about uh, Industry 4.0 and the connection between the smart, fa the smart factory and the smart supply chain uh, gives us quite a lot of opportunity of joint project. Uh, and indeed for Singapore, we have set uh, somewhere last year a smart enterprise uh, project, yeah. uh, which is to help us transform our local site into a smart enterprise. Wow, impressive. Yeah, indeed, that's not a typical supply chain setup. So that's, um, I'm sure that the audience will want to know more about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. super. So, uh, yes, if we if we uh, try to know more about it, so looking at some of our uh, case study, mm -hmm. uh, we do have uh, currently a project which we call uh, Global Production Network, Yeah. Uh, which has a purpose to connect uh, all our manufacturing site together. Manufacturing site, be it our internal site as well as our outsourcing partner uh, for better supply chain visibility, uh, supply chain control in real time. And this is typically one of those projects where I do understand the value of having manufacturing IT in supply chain. Yeah. In contrast to supply chain IT. Yeah. So supply chain IT is still part of IT. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, it's, there's a lot of talk about that. And I think a lot of companies are trying to do that. I mean, visibility is a big thing. Going digital is a big thing. Um, 
Definitely interesting, and I'm good to hear that you're making so so advanced steps to to integrate. Um, and then that, actually, that brings us to the, to the question because I wanted to. It, it can be about this, it can be other st- case studies as well. But the, the the question was more or less: if you can share one or two case studies where you've you've achieved already what you've done so far in terms of supply chain transformation, maybe with some examples and data in terms of what you managed to to do already in Infineon because mm-hmm. you're quite. Uh, advanced and, and, and you know I'm sure you have a lot to share so our global production network which I quoted before is more to prepare ourselves for the future uh, we needed to lay some foundation before going into such a project um, one of those uh, definitely to gain more efficiency uh, was our lean planning project uh, which uh, was completed somewhere in the middle of 2012 um, to be very honest, this was our third attempt in uh, planning re-engineering. Uh, but finally, the third attempt is successful. So to the audience, uh, never give up, be resilient. Uh, at one point in time, you will find the right uh, entry point or the organization will be prepared uh, to move forward. Um, and this uh, lean planning project uh, took the stance that uh, we should plan at different levels depends on the time horizon, Uh, being very precise in the short term. Uh, And for us, short term will be about six months, uh, since our manufacturing cycle time is fairly long, Uh, and being more aggregated in the mid to to long term. Um, And this has helped us to gain uh, efficiency in terms of uh, resources, uh, in terms of time we spend at planning. So uh, the short term can be updated every day. The midterm uh, is now uh, moved to a quarterly update, whereas in the past we were just updating the whole horizon every single month, knowing that on the day you do planning, it's immediately obsolete the following day. So uh, definitely uh, gaining a lot of uh, speed. Um, Data aggregated in a different level in the short term and in the midterm, which helps you also to be more accurate Mm -hmm. um, because uh, the higher the aggregation, a better chance to be uh, to be accurate. Uh, doing some portion of data being meant for capacity planning uh, and invest reservation before we really do the execution. Yeah. Um, so this has transformed the whole organization. Uh, another very important uh, aspect of this is in the past. Uh, there was a lot of uh, different system which we were using to do planning. Uh, sales was using one, marketing another one, finance another one, and you can be sure the data mess, never yeah. tally. <laughs> Uh, finally, we have now one system uh, where everybody can look from a different angle. So if you want to do your revenue forecast, you look from a revenue angle. If you want to do your capacity forecast, you look from another angle, but it's all within one system, uh, which in fact we co-developed with one of our system provider, so, uh, I mean, but which is now a commercial solution. Yeah. So, Absolutely. It's a win-win for you as well as for them because they can sell the same solution to other companies. Exactly. So that was uh, definitely uh, one of the important uh, first steps into our overall supply chain integration uh, approach. Yeah. And how, how, I mean, just to go with one, one, for the, with one question further, how, how did you do it? I mean, because that's the conundrum or that's the difficulty I think that most people face, most companies face. How do you align sales and marketing and planning and this and that? And, you know, how do you get together all these stakeholders that have other things to do that don't bother sometimes about it, right? 
Um, I think the reason why it works this time round was definitely it was quoted as a lighthouse project uh, with uh, Infineon board attention. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that immediately uh, helps you to be on the agenda of everybody. Um, and I think the uh, gap we had in the past between the revenue forecast and the uh, manufacturing forecast was always creating a lot of conflict and everybody wanted was quite motivated to make sure this tally um, so that we would not spend time just to align the data but more, spend more time in value-add uh, activities. Got it. And yeah, and it always helps to get the board, to get the key stakeholder involved, the CEO or president to drive it because it yeah, typically it, it sends a good message to everybody. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, as a complement to this, so what worked for this project and what works more on the other project I wanted to, uh, to bring up, uh, which is what we call uh, one interface to the customer. Uh, which was a project uh, coming up after the acquisition we had in 2015 of uh, external company. Uh, and this, the purpose of the project was really to make sure that from a customer side, they would have a seamless perspective, even though the internal processes might still be different. Um, I don't quote this project for the detail of it because that would not be of too much use, but I think this project was successful because we had a very systematic and rigorous change management approach, uh, which is often what we fail when we engage in big projects. Uh, we neglect the reaching out of the, of the organization with the various stakeholders. Uh, this helps our lean planning, but lean planning, we were not entirely mature with uh, OITC. Uh, we really had within the project a full track just responsible for change management going in the area of newsletter, uh, regular uh, webinars, uh, trainings, Mm. depending on the ranking in the organization and the the, um, the need, a very adapted communication. And this made this project extremely successful because when we rolled out, uh, everybody was ready, including our customer. Perfect. Ideal scenario, actually. So, um, Ideal scenario, yeah. but really not so much on the content, really much on the change management. Uh, and moving forward, all our big projects have now systematically a change management track. Yeah. This is one of the learning from our past experience. And it's an excellent point. I mean, and, and that's, again, it's, it's a, uh, how to say, it's case case book. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a case study that uh, a lot of the MBAs uh, quote, and there's so many unsuccessful transformations and typically where it fails because change management is not done because people are not on board or they, nobody bothers to ask for their opinion they don't feel they listen to they sabotage the change so it's a, I mean that's actually a big uh, yeah it's a great sharing it's a big uh, big thing change management we were tracking every quarter uh, you know this curve of change when you are in denial when you are in despair uh, yeah. by survey so we were in fact surveying the audience and the participants and so we were really monitoring to make sure that everybody was moving up to the engagement phase. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Next question would be um, in terms of technology. So I think technology is transforming supply chains all over the world. I think it's uh, it's probably uh, speeding up a a lot the process of transformation. Um, Which technology trend in supply chain will likely make the most impact by 2020 in your opinion? 
So from my perspective, I think we talked a little bit before about those visibility platform. Uh, visibility platform in two sense. Uh, manufacturing visibility, uh, which is what I quoted as uh, our global production network program, uh, as well as the uh, transport, so in- intercompany shipment, transport to customer visibility platform, in order to manage risk uh, more effic- effectively and efficiently than today, um, in order as well to um, gain cost-benefit because you have a more transparent view as of how much you spend for different activities uh, in terms of uh, reactivity because those platforms are meant to give you real-time uh, information uh, whereas most of us today we are data mart uh, based companies so most of the information you have are always one day late Yeah. Uh, and if you are in our case where we have our headquarters in Germany where most of the reports are refreshed in the morning time Germany time uh, then we have even more than one day uh, gone uh, so this is really uh, something which I see will become more and more uh, important uh, particularly with globalization so more and more companies are relying with uh, working along a very fragmented uh, network and those platforms should help to get everybody on the same page at any point in time. So this is one. Uh, The second which I am a strong believer in is uh, big data and analytics. Uh, not only big data, so everybody talks yeah. about big data. Mm-hmm. Uh, big data is only useless the foundation. It's useless yeah. if you don't have analytics. And everybody should also understand that the analytics is also only the beginning. So the analytics helps you to build a storyline. Uh, but you that helps the uh, engineer or the supply chain planner uh, to drill down to uh, why his KPI is failing or if, if we take this example. So uh, this will give us uh, a lot more uh, proactiveness um, so maybe becoming more and more predictive instead of only being reactive and explaining the past so looking at explaining the future mm, super no it's, it's great I mean, great examples and, and thank you for that um, so what does I mean what does supply chain 4.0 mean to you it's, it's a term it's a you know I think uh, you know Okay, 4.0, 3.0. What is supply chain of the future? What, what, do you, what does it mean? To you? So maybe I, I bring it to... Uh, so we are a German company, so I will bring it to Industry 4.0. Uh, yeah. Of course, we, have a, we are a very uh, active player, or we were a very active player in the uh, definition of the Industry 4.0 framework. Um, I like this quote from, uh, I think, uh, Dr. Kegel, the uh, CEO of Fepper and Fuchs, which says uh, Germany normally is not very good at marketing, but for Industry 4.0, they did a super job since it has been broadly adapted uh, and then uh, cascaded down to even uh, supply chain 4.0. So within Infineon, we do have uh, Industry 4.0 uh, framework, uh, which include both our factories, so smart factory, as well as smart supply chain. Uh, and it's all talking about uh, digitalization in uh, all the area we cover. So uh, and digitalization from looking at information, knowledge, prediction, and up to automated decision as and when appropriate. So it's also yeah. not the point to go for automated decision for everything. Um, So you really have uh, to make sure you know uh, where you want to drive. 
Uh, we want on our side to leverage more on the data we collect uh, so that we can get knowledge, uh, we can optimize our processes. Uh, we will introduce robotics uh, as and when appropriate um, because robotics remains quite expensive. So you need really to make sure you have your return on in investment and you need to sort through where exactly you need robotics. Uh, being connected uh, within our supply chain, uh, so internally, so typically visibility platform will be one of the of the media, as well as with our customer and suppliers. And of course, we are always thinking of having a digital workplace, which means uh, more and more information gathered and delivered to the individual instead of uh, manual report, manual data extraction, widespread use of Excel. Yeah. Uh, but in all what we do, uh, or in all what uh, supply chain 4.0 should be, is with a purpose. So our purpose is really to improve productivity, uh, to improve speed, and to improve quality. So moving forward, uh, within this framework we have defined, uh, we will define a couple of projects uh, along different uh, angles of our supply chain, but each project will have a return on investment. So yeah. again, it's not about starting all over the place, it's really prioritizing where you can have the best gain. Um, it's about being pragmatic. I mean, it is a business. The business makes money. We need to, I mean, that needs to be... Uh, and, and that's, I mean, actually, it's an excellent point because there's a lot of hype and even a lot alongside technology and, you know, everybody's talking about, uh, talking about what, uh, artificial intelligence and blockchain and this and that. Correct. But, you know, as of today and even maybe for the next three years, it, blockchain will change a lot, probably, but, you know, it will take time. Artificial intelligence will change a lot, definitely, but it will take time. Exactly. So, in the meantime, <laughs> we need to be, you know, like like you rightfully mentioned, focus on the things that will matter tomorrow and then the day after tomorrow and then in three years. So it's, it's uh, and results need to come uh, as they, as you go, not in five years because it's a little bit too long for any business. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have a plan to know to which level you want. So looking, so how we do it, we will look at process by process, uh, what, where we are today, which level do we want to achieve, by when, yeah. for which purpose, and then derive the uh, related project. And mm. that's how we will continue to transform our supply chain. Mm. And, and, and to get to so to get to that to that to get to that vision and to get to that uh, industry 4.0 supply chain 4.0 as of today what is one or two of the biggest challenges that you face uh, around getting there? Um, well definitely we as Infineon are spin-off of Siemens. So back in uh, 1999 if I'm not mistaken um, but being a spin-off means we have inherited a lot of legacy system. Um, and this makes it always very difficult to make change um, because we always have to make sure if we want to remove a data field, uh, whether or not it's filling up in another database or in another system which, we, uh, which is essential but which we might forget. So this um, transforming is, is this is really a challenge to transform our supply chain because whenever we would like to go to the final decision or the final solution, it requires always a longer a longer period of time compared to being a startup or starting from fresh because you need to sometimes make compromise down the road along the way uh, till all your other legacy system are either removed or replaced. So this definitely is one of the um, 
critical point. Um, additional to this, of course, we have been uh, traditionally uh, having a lot of in-house manufacturing, uh, which is um, the value we bring to our customer because we believe uh, we have a competitive advantage with our manufacturing capability. However, looking at the need for flexibility to cover up forecast inaccuracy, uh, we are now leveraging more and more with uh, outsourcing partners. And uh, this means our supply chain is steadily transforming into a supply network. And then the challenge is how to manage your supply network as efficiently as you use to manage your own. Um, and our big picture is to manage our supply chain as a global virtual factory. Uh, so we believe we manage a factory very well. Uh, we want to manage a global virtual factory also very well. Uh, but this is where we need to have a couple of projects, so global production network being one of those, uh, to be able to achieve this big picture. Yeah. Super. Thank you. Thank you for the sharing. Um, how about uh, another buzzword? It's actually not a buzzword. It's, it's uh, another technology that is, is deeply interesting for a lot of people. The Internet of Things, um, connectivity. How are you currently using any IoT solutions in your supply chain? So uh, we use IoT mainly in our manufacturing uh, area. Uh, and of course, we have the wish to try to adopt some of the methodology which I use in manufacturing for supply chain. Um, in supply chain today, um, the best example I could quote maybe is our mobile data entry. Um, but whether it's really qualified as uh, IoT devices, I'm not completely sure. Um, what we have in plan uh, mainly for warehouse uh, is to introduce um, global uh, cargo tracking within the warehouse premises using uh, Bluetooth uh, beacon and uh, intelligent sticker. Uh, so this is really to make sure that we know at which point in time, at any point in time where the cargo is uh, positioned so that when the forwarder comes to pick, uh, the picking process is quite uh, efficient. So this is one uh, in the plan project uh, to introduce IoT. Another uh, will be to look at uh, heat map again in the warehouse, uh, tracking uh, through the mobile data entry, for example, uh, the flow of goods or the, the movements of uh, picker, uh, so that down the road we can also uh, remove uh, unnecessary steps a picker is taking so that we improve productivity. Mm. Uh, but this is really at a very early stage at this point. In time. Yeah. So we, we are leveraging from the experience we have in manufacturing so typically uh, we introduced in manufacturing uh, mobile devices a couple of months ago uh, where the information is pushed to the operator uh, which has reduced exactly the traveling from the operator within the warehouse uh, within the factory premises and al along the same principles that's what we would like to look at for yeah. warehouse yeah and again I mean like we discussed before baby steps with uh, uh, with returns and investment and then mm. you, you will eventually get exactly. it exactly um, a good question and I like to ask this question I think we had it in the first podcast as well. It's uh, it's uh, back to the fundamentals as well. So it, it goes like before investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in digital new tech and so on and so forth. What do you still consider? What's the fundamentals that the supply chain needs to have in today's environment? What's the really basics? Well, the basic is standardization. Mm. You need to make sure you have clean data that they are stored somewhere that they are representative of what is happening 
uh, not fake data. Uh, you need to have very well documented processes and as much as possible digital connection, particularly with your customer or your supplier or within your premises so that you avoid uh, manual as much as possible manual intervention and have then data which are definitely cleaner than if you have a lot of manual, mm-hmm. ma- manual intervention. Uh, to grow further, uh, I think you need to have a very systematic process to address your gaps. Yeah. Um, prioritize, uh, drive improvement accordingly. Um, and what I am a strong believer of is you should not fall in the trap to believe that software will solve all your problems. Uh, so, which is usually what people tend to do, because of course this is the easiest things to do. Um, but software will only help if the process which is behind the software is clear, and if the software can rely on data which are representative. So, um, yes. software is really um, maybe uh, might be a bit of a surprise for the audience, but software is really the list of your challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, and we do it all the time. Uh, I'm respon- like I said, I'm responsible for manufacturing IT. Um, I can see we are always jumping into the solution uh, before discussing about the process and what is it that we want to achieve. Yeah, and it's 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 a, it's a common thing. And like like going back to big data, yeah, big data is it important? Well, yes and no. Yes, definitely it's important. But unless you have the analytics to properly analyze it, well, it's just as as good as anything else. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, very good point. Um, final question on the industry segment: If you would be an investor and had lots and lots of money, which supply chain related startup would you invest in, and why? Well, um, I think there is still a huge untapped potential in data analytics. So any startup which is playing in that field uh, will be of relevance um, because there is a lot of untapped potential in data uh, to create knowledge, uh, prediction, and of course down the road, uh, automated decision. Um, At this moment, uh, there is no one-fit-for-all solution, uh, and that's where the value of uh, leveraging so startup, which might have a very specific domain knowledge, uh, and if you are an investor investing in this domain knowledge, uh, will help to somehow bring up uh, more and more big data uh, data analytics solution. Down the road, there might be some consolidation, but at this point in time, we should be able to, we should try to invest as wild as possible till some very uh, critical solutions surface. Mm -hmm. So this is one. Uh, Then, like we discussed before, I think visibility and connectivity platform, uh, particularly connectivity platform, um, because there is more and more trend to have outsourcing uh, or even... From our side, our customers are also now more and more keen that we use their supplier portal. Um, all good, uh, but if uh, how you, you plug it in, yeah. how you plug it in, mm-hmm. except by having a human to intervene. And this is, if we want to look at productivity, this is definitely uh, counterproductive. Not really an option. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think those companies which have a solution in the area of visibility and connectivity um, will be worth considering. Mm-hmm. Super, good, uh, good example. 
This is the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two where we talk more about recruitment, talent and skills gaps.